Welcome to Beyond the Youth Room podcast. This is our 20th episode already, and we're so excited to dive into this topic today of when and if you should fire a leader, fire a volunteer leader, an adult leader. And so we're going to be diving into this topic and the complexities around this because they're sacrificially giving of their time. And uh, sometimes you just need to know when to actually push them out and to, to fire your leader. So we're going to be talking about that on this episode of Beyond the Youth Room podcast. So stay tuned. Now, before we get into our episode, we want to shout out a few of our listeners on the podcasting platforms, and we have some data on some pockets that we were kind of surprised by mm-hmm. location-wise because we're filming this in uh, and recording this in Northern Virginia, and yet we have some uh, listeners across the world. Mm-hmm. So, Ryan, fill us in on who we should shout out to different locations around the U.S. and around the world. Yes. So I know on our YouTube platform, um, we have listeners from over, what, 20 different countries? At least. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot here. So, I mean, top one, not, not surprising, United States. And then We're we have number one. a good audience in Canada. Okay. Um, we have some United Kingdom. So shout out to you guys that are watching our YouTube stuff on um, the UK or in the UK. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also have Australia, South Africa. India, Germany, Philippines, New Zealand, Netherlands, Sweden, Ireland, Mexico, Spain, Kenya, and several more down here. But yes, those are the primary ones. So world uh, tour coming yes, up. Yes, we need to go on a world tour apparently. <laughs> and so thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching our content. And uh, and then from the podcast side, yes. from the podcast where side, some listeners from. Um, well, so. we've we've got a couple of different countries as well: um, Canada, France, and South Africa. So hi, Don, in South Africa. Yeah. We know we know Don's holding down the fort there. But in the U.S., we have listeners from um, over eighteen different states. Um, Virginia, of course, being number one, but second, our second uh, ranked state with the most listeners is going to surprise you. And again, I wish I wouldn't have told you this before because yeah, would never I guessed have, it. I would have never guessed it. Our uh, number two state is Iowa, and so um, if you were in Iowa, you know, harvest season is is past. So now, what are you going to do? Yeah, you're going to watch there. podcasts. So yeah. if you were in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or in that region. Uh, please, you know, um, give us a shout out, comment below. We'd love to, yeah, we'd um, love to know who you are. There's yes. like a growing audience in, in yeah, it's Iowa. actually pretty large, yeah, like, like, like 17% of our U S audience is in Iowa. Yeah. Um, and so, so. You, apparently you're sharing it locally with, uh, with your friends because, uh, we're, our audience is growing there. So yeah. thank you for that. And we'd love to know who you are. We don't know who you are personally. Yep. yep. And then um, the third state that stands apart is Tennessee. So the, vol- the volunteer state, as we yes. talk about firing volunteers today, mm-hmm. We want to shout out the volunteer state. Great transition. Great um, transition. Specifically in um, Arlington, Bethpage, or Murfreesboro. If that is you in Tennessee, yeah. thank you so much. We'd love much to hear from you. Checking out. Yeah. So, yeah. so we, uh, we want to make sure that we know um, who our sponsor is today. Um, so Edge Clubs is sponsoring this podcast. podcast. This is who um, we, we work with closely, work for, and, and we want to uh, – shamelessly plug free training because we have nothing to sell you. Literally, we don't have any products to sell you. We create this this content on our podcast and also the training that we have, the digital community, uh, the, the digital um, training that we have on edgeclub.org slash training is all 100% free to you. Um, and so you can head over there to edgeclub.org slash training 
to access the gospel advancing ministry training, uh, the, the basically the our bread and butter, um, uh, how we train students to be student missionaries. So our student missionary training is available to you free of charge over on the website there. Now, today's topic is uh, somewhat of a touchy topic. Um, it can be a touchy topic because there might be lots of um, youth leaders that have volunteer leaders, whether they're even paid or not. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they're just a volunteer as well. Um, who are leading a team of adult volunteers. And sometimes you have to make that hard decision of firing a leader. I've been there several times and I'll share two instances. One was a lot easier than the other. I mean, not easier in the sense that it was still a difficult conversation, but it was an easier decision than the other one. And uh, so we had a, uh, a teenager um, who graduated from our ministry, like, you know, they aged out and then they wanted to still serve. They want, they were in college now, but they were local. So they wanted to serve in, uh, in our ministry. And we have a, we have kind of a, just a standing rule that if you're, if you're a, a recent graduate, you can't serve other high schoolers because there's just not enough age separation there, yeah. but you know, you can still be used because we have a lot of high schoolers that serve middle schoolers in our ministry. And so this particular guy, um, you know, we, we said, you know, of course you can, you can serve if you'd like to, um, but we're going to put you with middle school students. And, uh, and so I, I had outlined, you know, specifically cause I was like, okay, you're a single guy. You're recently graduated. Um, we want to make sure that there's like a clear boundary. Now that you're graduated out of our ministry, you are not to, you know, romantically involve yourself with any student. Like, even if you literally like a year older than them, just that crosses a boundary for us. Like obviously not, um, not a thing that we want to be doing. And he was fine with that. So, so he served in middle school ministry. Um, you know, for, for several months and uh, was doing well in that, like he was, he was leading well, but we had other high school leaders that were also serving middle school ministry. And, um, and so I received a, a message from a parent, um, from that had a teenage daughter who was in high school, um, with, um, kind of some screenshots of a t some text messages that this adult leader, now adult leader, you know, was, I think he was 19 was, um, communicating with her high school daughter via text message, which was like against, yeah. you know, we didn't have uh, back then we didn't have a, as strict of a communication policy as we do now, but that was still off limits. Like, yeah. you know, we, we don't even do one-on-one -on -one conversations anymore with any students, with leaders. Uh, we always have some, you know, group chat or, you know, um, but back then that was still even a boundary that was outlined clearly. And, and it wasn't anything like, um, you know, sexual and appropriately sexual. Like it was just like, Hey, like, you know, I'd like to take you out on a date sometime. Like it wasn't, you know, um, but because of the age difference <clears throat> and because we clearly define that as an adult leader now, you cannot, you know, interact romantically with any student, obviously, even if there's a year apart or whatever. So I knew what had to happen because he had violated, you know, he clearly knew what, what that was and agreed to it and, and, and violated this boundary. So I set up a time to meet with him. Now the challenging aspect of it, um, or the kind of the, what made the situation, you know, a little bit harder was that he had committed to go on a mission trip with us that summer and had raised all of his funds on the mission trip. And so I had to break the news that no longer he couldn't serve, but he also couldn't you know, go on this mission trip because you know uh, of, of the boundaries that he crossed. And so I met with them at Starbucks and we had coffee and, and so he's just, you know, bubbly. He's like, so like, what, you know, what's going on? Like, what, like, why, why'd you want to meet with me? And, and so I gave him like an opportunity. I said, you know, okay. Um, you tell me, is there anything that you want to share with me? And he's like, no, no, everything's been going great. And I'm like, you know, about like you serving or anything like that. Like, yeah, everything I've loved, like serving, you know, it just is completely like not even acknowledging. 
Uh, and then I said, listen, like I know about the, the text messages and this, you know, kind of like hung his head a little bit. And I was like, yeah. And you knew that was, a, he's like, yeah, like I know that was a, that was a big deal. And he's like, okay, like, you know, I understand, like, you know, you got to do what you got to do, whatever. So I was like, yeah, you just can't serve because you fight. Like, that was like a one-time offense, like, deal yeah. breaker. Like, you can't, like, it's like, oh, I'll just learn from this. And it's like, no, no, like, that was a serious thing that we don't allow here at all. And luckily, like, it didn't go any further than just, like, a couple text messages or whatever. So, so, so I had to fire him, so to speak. And then, um, so then as I could see him, like, processing it, and he understood, like, you know, that I needed to do that. But as he was processing, he was like, what about the missions trip? I said, you, you can't go on the mission trip either. Like that was a student, you know, mission trip. Like you can't just like yeah. assume that because you can't serve, like you, you're going to automatically go on the, yeah. and so he just started breaking down and crying like right there in the Starbucks grown man and just started, you know, shedding some tears in regret. Like, and you know, and to I'll be fair, it's probably not the first time a grown man has cried in Starbucks. That's true. That yeah. probably happens. Yeah. Often. But probably not for that particular reason. No, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so when it came to that, it was an easy decision. It was a very hard conversation because yeah. I knew there was a lot at stake. You know, like for him, like he you know, he knew that he messed up and he knew that, you know, that it wasn't wasn't appropriate for him to serve anymore in that capacity. And so um so that was a, a kind of hairy situation. Another instance um where we had a leader who was faithful, committed leader for years, and this leader had uh, developed like, you know, as an ongoing like study they had developed some theological beliefs that weren't necessarily like contradictory of, of where, you know, where our church stands on certain things. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't against it. I mean, there was, um, there was like freedom to have different views within certain boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way that we kind of characterize different beliefs is, you know, we have like tier one is like salvific issues. Like if you're outside of like faith alone, Christ alone, like, you know, um, there's definitely like you're outside of a lot of, your traditional Christian like beliefs. Like, you know, so that would of course rule. Yeah. If you're like, in order to be saved, you must be, you know, giving money to me. It's like, okay, well that's obviously, that's more obvious, you know, but then you have tier two issues where they might divide congregations, you know, so, but they're not like salvific issues where we're like, okay, if you believe in infant baptism, then you are not a Christian. Or if you believe in believers, baptism, you know, like there's, there's differing views like that would divide congregations or, you know, even denominations, but not like the Christian faith. Um, and, and then there's tier three where it's like, we can still fellowship in the same congregation or the same church without, you know, um, agreeing on certain issues that are not as clear. Mm-hmm. And this was in that tier three category. It was like a certain end time belief that wasn't like, um, you know, way outside of the, like, wasn't crazy. Like in the sense that like, um, you know, like if you don't believe this, you're not a Christian type of thing. Yeah. But, um, we would say like, there's freedom to believe different things, you know, within that this particular leader though had become so convinced of their belief of end times. It was a certain end times um, prophecy thing that they were teaching it to other students and also like um, saying that our church was wrong. And, and so the reason why it was more difficult because it wasn't like necessarily a moral thing, like, you know, because I, I mean, it's like, if you firmly believe something, like you want to try to tell people about it, yeah. like it, especially if it matters like to you a lot, you know, but, um, but it wasn't like a thing where this person was like, you know, like texting students late at night or like, you know, inappropriately yeah. developing yeah. relationships with, you know, it wasn't anything like that where it was as like obvious or clean cut. It was just a, an evolving belief that they had that was elevated to you know, becoming an issue. 
And so had conversation with them. It's like, okay, like you have freedom to believe what you, you know, have within these boundaries. Like, but if you're so dogmatic where you're saying our church is wrong or like, you're not a Christian, if you believe this or whatever, like that, it become, it became more apparent that this is not like a, a kind of a minor issue to them. This is becoming a major issue to them. And, uh, and so I had to have that difficult conversation. This was actually after a series of conversations um, previous to that that led up to, okay, like nothing's changing. In fact, you're getting stronger in this. And like, the, you know, they were writing letters like to, you know, to our, our elders of our church, like saying that we need to be convinced like otherwise. And then, um, and then we have, um, yeah, that, that final conversation where I was like, listen, like, I don't think it's appropriate for the unity of the church for you to continue to, um, to be ministering here you know, in the way that you're doing. So when it comes to um, firing a leader, do you have any experience with that? And if so, was it obvious or was it like more of a process over time? Like, tell us a little bit about your experience. Yeah, I've thankfully never had to fire a, um, a leader. And, you know, there's been a couple of, um, I'm very just blessed with all the leaders that I have. And there have been a couple of times where I've, I've prayed um, and just said, hey, God, you know, that they hadn't done anything to disqualify themselves, but just like their version for the ministry didn't really line up with with the vision that I felt like God had given me. And so, you know, great, awesome people who who still serve in our in our church in various capacities and different things like that. But it was just kind of like, hey, like, you know, not only do we want to agree to what God says, but we also want to agree to what the vision of this particular ministry is and, and where we're headed. And so um, thankfully, you know, God has always just been faithful in moving people and bringing people. Um, and you know, I'm just very thankful that I've never had to do that, but I know that I need to be prepared because I know that that is probably a reality that I'll face, yeah. um, you know, at some point in, in our ministry. Yeah. And you don't have any particular leader in mind when you say, no, no, no. If, if you're, if you're one of my volunteers <laughs> watching right now, um, we're good right now. We're good. Let's we're just good. keep just, it that Just way. don't go crazy on us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when it comes to, um, a couple of things that, you know, that, that have helped, you know, in this sense that I've learned as I've had to fire you know, volunteers over time is one, it really, really helps your job to, if you get to this point, to be easier if you've set those clear expectations up front. Mm. So if you've said like, hey, this is already out of bounds, like, you know, this yeah. is this is where you would violate your your agreement to yeah, be yeah, a yeah. leader in our ministry. Um, not that you would lord it over there, like, you know, hold over their heads and like, no, you sign this or what, you know, like, no, like nothing like that. But a, of- but a lot of times it's, I mean, especially if you have maturing believers, like, you know, um, you know, sometimes we have just people that are, that are still, I mean, obviously they're still growing just like all of us and they may not be aware. It's like, wow, like I didn't realize that that was wrong or like that, you know, but if they're teachable, that's a whole nother issue, you know? And so when it comes to setting those expectations, you know, we have like a digital communication policy that we have our leaders sign and agree to. We have, um, you know, like expectations, you know, that we set for our leaders, you know, that where if they're violating the expectation, that you know, like we have, we'd have a conversation about it, mm-hmm. and then of course, if there's stuff that it's like way obvious, like hey, like I I slept with my girlfriend, um, that would be a clear, you know, like violation of like moral conduct mm-hmm. that we would ask from our leaders, and so, so when it comes to um, you know, even those hard conversations, you know, avoid getting to the situation where you're having to tell them that that's wrong in that moment. Yeah, you don't have to explain it in the moment. Once. Yeah, I mean, I remember this is a student example, but. Um, I mean, we had, um, yeah, like stuff, you know, with teenagers, it's so funny. It's like, um, well, no one told me that I couldn't, you know, finger paint with my socks at camp on the wall. We shouldn't have to tell you that. 
you know, I mean, but like, yeah. but in that, in it, like, in the, like I, they probably really didn't understand that that was a wrong thing, you know, like yeah. in, the, in the moment, in the weird. Um, but with that, though, to make sure that you're clearly defining expectations up front, I've also learned to vet leaders way more than, um, and probably necessary in yeah. some instances, <laughs> like just make sure that they can share the gospel. Like, in other words, you don't want, um, you know, to get in a situation where you're like, ah, I don't know about them, but I'm going to put them in charge of students. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Like you want to make sure that they are vetted, that they are dependable, that they're solid, like, you know, theologically, like, you know, that they're walking with the Lord. They have a great vibrant relationship with, with Jesus and they, they uphold those values that you have as a ministry. And then uh, one thing that I've, I've really benefited from over the years is making sure like, you know, cause you might vet someone, they might be great at, at time, but then, you know, similar to that second story that I, I told where just over time they evolve in, into, into something different, like yeah. where convictionally they, you know, they, they change their beliefs or they, you know, um, uh, do something different. And so with that, like I found that caring for them spiritually is such a, a huge way of, of ensuring that you, you know, don't have failure down the road so in other words like you don't see them as just a, a role to fill or just a task to accomplish whatever like that that these are people that are walking with the lord too they're going to get things wrong they're gonna you know but to realize like that you're you're shepherding them so that mm -hmm. they can turn shepherd students or invest in students and uh and i think uh we had said this before um before we started recording about how important it is to uh to even have uh i mean it's i'd rather take an understaffed um yeah. you know ministry that has solid leaders then have enough or, or too many leaders that aren't as as solid you know yeah. so the lord's been faithful to provide like excellent leaders in both of our ministries mm -hmm. um over the years but um but to really help them to to be shepherded themselves that their walk with jesus is way more important than serving yeah. and that expectation actually helps to to alleviate the stress of you know having someone move on uh to making <laughs> making them available for other ministries yeah uh, not, yeah um, not where, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And, and that helps because it's like, you have to realize that, um, yes, cause, and I, and I've, I've seen this before where, you know, I mean, for some ministries out there telling a leader to step down is losing 25% of their, of their leaders or half of their leaders. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so with that, you know, you're like, man, I don't even know if I have the bandwidth to fill in the gap where they are or, you know, who's going to like, so you kind of sacrifice your standards a little bit so that you can have enough people there. But um, the Lord has been faithful uh, to, you know, when, when there's been times where we've had to have people step down, I've been surprised at who steps up, you know, mm -hmm. so there might be just somebody waiting to see a need or, you know, to be asked for a need um, yeah. that, uh, that, that may step out of the woodwork. So when it comes to um, uh, even discipling and shepherding their hearts, you want to make sure that like sometimes an act of accountability or discipline can be the very best thing for their walk with Jesus Absolutely. as well. It's not necessarily like a bad thing to to be disciplined uh, or to, you know, to be asked to, to step down or move on. And um, and so when it comes to um, any resources, do you have any recommendations? I have, you know that I have one um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for this type of like heavy conversation when mm -hmm. it comes to firing a leader, but do you recommend anything? So Henry Cloud, um, anything by him is great. He he's most known like for his the book. Bible. The Bible is just excellent source of um, Henry Cloud. He's most famous for his book Boundaries, um, but he also wrote a book How to Have That Difficult Conversation. And he just walks through kind of how to go into hard conversations, kind of know knowing what to say that is for the benefit of everybody. Um, but it's, it's a highly recommended read. He also has some great training videos on topics like this as well. In terms of in this case conflict you know yep. where where we have the end goal in mind so anything by henry cloud is a, is a great resource for something like this well and it's hard sometimes because you um like we don't want to rock the boat 
like it's hard to address conflict sometimes yeah. we you know we we want to like we can get caught in the trap of people pleasing we're like oh like i just don't have that really difficult conversation yeah. and i found that um other leaders are usually aware of what's going on if there's a leader that needs to move on or like yeah. you know, is is like and uh and sometimes their respect for you as a leader not handling it or not addressing an yeah. issue is is detrimental you know where they they can actually um you know, not trust you as much as a leader because you're not handling this appropriately. And so, so when it comes to um, a resource that I recommend is anything crucial conversations uh, like training. So uh, I, I took this years ago and it was really, really helpful. Um, so what they define as a crucial conversation is opposing opinions, um, high stakes and strong emotions. And so uh, that's kind of the definition of a cru- crucial conversations, which in this case, firing a leader would yeah. <laughs> almost indefinitely fall into that, those categories. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just, the reason why you have a crucial conversation is because you want to make known brutal facts that must be known. Like in other words, you try to be as factual as you can. And that's why even documenting, not like in the sense of like keeping a file on every leader of like every time they mess up something like, no, like don't you, don't keep have, a, you don't have this. Don't keep a record of wrongs. Uh, I'm not going to say if I do or not. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so anyways, with that though, like to, to like address things as they come along so that if you do need to ask a leader to step down eventually, it's not surprising. Yeah. And you're like, listen, we've, We've talked about this several times. This has not changed. If you were in my situation, how would, you know, like if you were observing the same kind of behavior, what would you yeah. do? And that helps them to kind of understand why it's important for them to step down. And uh, and so some of the principles is, um, you know, from a crucial conversation is one, give grace for small offenses, realizing that like sometimes people um, may rub you the wrong way. That doesn't mean that you should fire them. Like, no, it's like just because they, you might have personal preferences that don't align with, you know, how they do things. So make sure that like what you're, you know, what you're frustrated with them about or what their, you know, um, their grounds of firing is actually like moral or like, you know, expectations or like, you know, to where um, you can point to a scripture verse, like to back it up. Like it wouldn't be just like a, um, I just don't, I just don't like, they're not my friend. So I'm going to fire them like that. I don't think that would. Not to, but yeah, just make sure that it's you're giving grace for small offenses, but run towards that conflict. Don't just avoid it. You know, like I said, address that as it come along. And so um, we have a, a, a clear picture from Matthew 18, you know, uh, of of church discipline. You know, where um, we go to them individually. You know, so in other words, the only time, um, if you're if the only time bringing stuff up is in front of other people, like that's that could be a a, a bad sign. You know, of of um, of not really handling this properly. So go to them individually. And then if they're not repentant or they're not like turning away from the, the sin that you're, you're helping correct, then bring two other, two or three other people to kind of be as witnesses and to kind of affirm like, no, like this is something that's not just like Keith's preference. Like this is you're yeah. from scripture. And then, and then take them before the church. Like if they, if they're still not repentant, then there is a, a overarching church discipline you know, aspect that should be happening in healthy churches as well. And um, and just realizing again that that's church discipline or even like firing of a leader is is sometimes some of the best things that could happen for them personally to grow in their relationship with Christ, and um and so with that uh, we're gonna move into a couple rapid fire questions. Now when we were practicing this before, um they weren't exactly rapid fire. Uh, they they took a little bit longer because some they of were the questions. Yeah, there were questions, but not rapid fire <laughs> questions. Um, um so I'll I'll throw in some some uh caveats no no not even caveats i'll throw in some ones that you're not expecting okay okay all right so one when it comes to firing a leader you know keep or fire um if a leader posts a picture with alcohol at a party on social media do you fire them or 
Are they of are they of drinking age? Yes. Okay. They're, they're over twenty one. Depending on the picture and how bad it was, I would keep what's a we're not gonna do this again. Yeah. So just a conversation at least, yes. you know, and that, and that would kind of depend on your church's policy on, you know, alcohol or whatever, you know, stance or view or whatever of alcohol. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that would, um, and we found that like teenagers, they don't really, you know, uh, if they see someone drinking, they're like, oh, that's okay to get drunk. Like it, they just associate like drinking with drunk, you know, cause that's what happens when teenagers drink yeah. is, is like, they don't, they're not like sipping wine at dinner. Like, Unless you're in a different country, probably, but yeah. in the U.S. Not in the U.S. Teenagers are drinking We just for talked about those yeah. who are listening outside of the U.S. Yes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's yeah. hard for teenagers in America to not associate drinking yeah. with yeah. without drunkenness. And and uh, so, yeah, so be above reproach in that. But, yeah, um, a conversation. Okay, a leader makes an inappropriate comment about a student, but not in front of the student. What kind of inappropriate? Um. Yeah, that would really depend on... <laughs> That would that would really yeah I, I was because like, because yeah. I might be fired if I just say fire on that one inappropriate yeah. never in a in a, you know, a yeah if it's a, like like toilet humor versus like yeah inappropriate yeah. like sexual or just like inappropriate in terms of like okay it's true but you shouldn't have said it like yeah you know uh, yeah 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 I would say like one that would be like a it would be a red flag yes but I don't know and, you know definitely a conversation to be had but not necessarily like. You're fired on the spot, like Correct. You know, yeah, definitely inappropriate in terms of sensitivity like, to if you yeah. said something that you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that because this kid annoys me. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know, know, and there's a lot of things that I've noticed. Um, if, if and this is what I this is what I primarily look for in a good leader is humility and teachability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and if they're like, no, I said that, and I'm I'm fine with that. Like, then that's a whole other issue. Then if like, oh my gosh, like I'm so sorry, like I didn't really mean that. Yeah. It was yeah. Okay. But if they said it in front of the student, that'd probably have to be a yeah, that'd be a, a difficult thing yeah. to. Recover. <laughs> All right. So a leader has a differing theological belief than your church, but they say that they'll never talk about it to students or other leaders. This is why I have an elder oversight. They get to make these decisions. Bring in other people. Um, yeah. Probably. Well, as we were talking beforehand, I think I might switch my answer on this one because okay. I think I would. I would say in this case, this is on the front side. I just think if somebody's already coming in, and if it's a, a the tiny thing, then okay. But if you're starting to differ on maybe a, a larger thing that isn't salvific, mm-hmm. then you kind of have to ask the question, okay, what else do we differ on? Because obviously with systematic theology, normally one thing leads to something else. So something yeah. like infant baptism, where if somebody believes in infant baptism, because I think you mentioned that earlier, it's like, we can still go to the same church as long as you don't believe that's necessary for salvation. But I might not want you in with students where we're being super, super clear about what we believe is a church in believers baptism. So yeah. if you, so if you're a Presbyterian friends yeah. out there, please well, I would say yeah, on the same, on the same line, like, you know, I would say it might frustrate you to be here. Yes. Like if you're, if you're that convicted about a certain yeah. belief, like, and know that we teach something different, like every time we teach it, you're going to be like, nah, I don't, I don't believe this. Yeah. So, I mean, like just for your sake of unity and like, and just well, saying, like, students, I will follow the leadership of this church. For students, we have to be so unified because it has to be the same message over and over and over yep. again in order for them to understand it. So if there's yep. any cause of like, well, this leader kind of believes this and this, that can be difficult. Yeah. And so I've had conversations like that where I'm like, I don't have like a personal issue, like with, with your Absolutely. view. Yeah. Um, in our church, you know, would say like, that's like in the tier three category or whatever of like, you know, not, not, you know, a huge deal. There's lots of different interpretations of scripture on this, but when it comes to, like, I would just say, like, you might get frustrated because we're going to be teaching this, like, because we're convicted about this, yeah. like, about this belief and and how you know, Absolutely. and so, so I would just say, you know, caution them, just say if you're okay with that, like, 
then yeah. do you believe it really? Like if, if you're okay with it, like just constantly hearing the op- opposing view yeah. on that. Yeah. So I would just have a conversation about it. Um, okay. So another rapid fire question before we get into the next segment, um, is it okay for a leader to be a Swifty to be like, so wholeheartedly like for Taylor Swift, like, just wears Taylor Swift t-shirts all the time, listens to her music all the time, even spends a significant portion of their income going to concerts. There's a line I heard once, and I think it applies here. We think you're great, but you might want to go be great somewhere else. Oh, okay. All right. So you, you would free them to the, the church marketplace of well, serving. Yes. Uh, yeah. I would say, look, that's another word ministry, for firing. Is, kids ministry would be just a great place. up for the marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, nothing okay. morally. Well, we, we don't have quite yeah, yeah, that amount of time, but uh, I just, I just, I just struggle. Yeah. So, um, well, which I think I'm, I'm more like, obviously like any kind of idolatry, like, you know, where they're like, you know, it's so distracting to them where they're not following. Well, this Jesus. is coming from the guy who but, before the podcast admitted that they've seen Taylor Swift in concert. I have. Yeah. But it was like before she was famous, really like she was opening for another, I didn't even go to see it. I, I feel like I'm defending myself right now, but uh, you need to, but even if you're a Taylor Swift listener, like it doesn't mean that you're like automatically in a cult or something like, you know, or that you're idolatry. You would disagree. Maybe we should go back to our audience statistics <laughs> and see what crossover we yeah. have with Taylor right, Swift. Let us know in the comments uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. Cedar Rapid Eye um, was yeah, number if, one city on Taylor yeah. Swift's <laughs> listeners. We're doing that tour there now. Yeah. So is it a deal breaker for a leader to be like an all-out Swifty? Um, uh, I don't think it is. No, it's not actually, but like it But might just be preference for you though, I can tell it would make you very uncomfortable, right? Oh. Yeah. It would. Okay. I know where you stand on this. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, okay. Rapid fire, not rapid fire questions. Um, we want to actually tackle a couple of student questions that are very common. Yeah. yeah. Um, that maybe for even students that are listening to this uh, or watching this, um, if they benefit from answering these questions, but also uh, for leaders on how to respond that, respond to that, not that we're the exemplary you know, people, but we've been asked this, these questions a lot. Yeah. And so we're going to try to keep it to a minute. We're going to uh, – actually, I'm, I'm, do you have a timer or something? Do you have I've a, got my phone. Okay. Put a phone timer on it because uh, we want to stick to that minute because I um, I just taught an hour and a half breakout <laughs> on this subject, and I can, t- I can talk more than a minute, to say the least. So I'll try to summarize it as fast as I can. All right. I'll but, start um, it once you start your question. Okay. So the question is for you, Ryan, in less than a minute, why do bad things happen to good people? So a couple of definitions I would say are needed. First, what is a bad thing? Well, for Christians, something that is bad is something that is outside of God's will. Um, now, the world, how it define bad is anything that is painful or hurtful or offensive towards me. So those are differences. And then good. Well, Jesus says there's no one righteous, no, not one. So our idea of a good person doesn't really align with biblically where we see where we're all fallen. So the real question is, why does God allow good things to happen to anybody? But in tackling the question, why do bad things happen to good people? I like to use the analogy of traffic. There's multiple ways that can happen. If I'm speeding, that's my own fault, and I get a ticket. Somebody else is speeding, they hit me, that's their fault. My sin, your sin, fallen world, traffic light doesn't work. We hit each other, that happens, accidents happen. The devil could attack me, deer runs in front of my car, the devil made it happen, spiritual you know, warfare. Or if my car breaks down, God might be protecting me from something worse happening. Mm. That was exactly a minute, I think. Oh. Okay. Now, theologically, there's a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's not complete for like 20 minutes. But uh, if I had to do it in a minute, yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. Good explanation. Okay. Yes. So yeah. you want to reset the clock for me for um, so under a minute. Um, why don't you ask me this question? 
Oh, I thought you were going to tell me what question you want me to no, ask. No, 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 I have my I, own question. Do you know? Do you know? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. How does God speak to us today? All right. So short answer, almost exclusively through the Bible. Now we have instances of scripture where God speaks audibly to people, but that was over a span of 4,000 years of human history. And it was more like the exception than the rule. And so they also didn't have the full canon of scripture. So I'm a firm believer of the sufficiency of scripture, meaning it's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. You know, was that second Peter one, three, um, for our knowledge of him who is, has called us by his divine glory. So we actually have knowledge of God through scripture. So it is sufficient and it's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so I believe that um, God almost exclusively preaches or teaches or talks to us through scripture or being you know, taught through scripture. Sometimes he can um, put impressions or thoughts or even dreams or visions, you know, but it would never contradict his word. That's my answer. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Much better than the three minute. Version I know it was like so long the, uh, before. Yeah. I was like talking, talking, talking. And I felt like I had a hard time cramming the three minutes into three <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for watching uh, our uh, or listening to our Beyond the Ethereum podcast. If you would like to take advantage of the free training that we provide through Edge Club, you can go to edgeclub.org slash training. And you can have full access to our student missionary training that you can use in your own youth ministries um, as a training mechanism. It's designed to do, you can do it in one session. Um, it's about an hour long of teaching, or you can do it in three different sections. Uh, we can do it over a three-week span of tier, uh, period of time with your students. And so regardless, we'd love for you to take advantage of that free student missionary training over at edgeclub.org training. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time.